The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free. I'm Richard Lawrence, and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks, Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, WTRM, the Trim Radio Network, and Oneness Talk Radio. Richard. Darren. So I've got, a, um, I think, a really interesting show here today. Good. Um, particularly I never know. About, I don't know. Uh, what, what is it going to be? Mainly in light of your experiences and why I think what you can offer on this topic, okay. uh, as with all these topics, of course. But, um, you know, one way that I think humanity does a disservice to itself is sort of dumbing down profound wisdom in general, right? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And we've, ta- we've talked about it that a little bit before. happens all the time, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to make it more accessible and whatnot, but it's another thing to actually dilute something so completely that it loses I couldn't agree you know, more. I mean, some of these major... And I'm not going to name any world religions that have just become uh, sort of social, family, okay, weddings, funerals, other particular festivals, and that's it. And the people in them don't really know and don't much care what the teachings are. Yeah. I find not yeah. always yeah. by any means. Yeah. But I, I and I'm not just talking about one of the religions. Yeah. I mean, it seems yeah. to be. Of course, there are exceptions to that, but it's uh, it is a dumbing down. I agree. Yeah, it's like the mystical has been replaced by this sort of mundane social norms and traditions. That, yeah, that, that and, and and of course they they think that the numbers they're all gauged on numbers, like a business. Almost. Oh yeah, yeah. If people are coming, it's working. <laughs> yeah. Not necessarily. <laughs> totally. They might be coming for the wrong reason. Totally. I totally agree with that. Um, yeah, we've seen that happen with even not just even with religions more broadly, but even with words like meditation, oh, with, yeah. with, with enlightenment and what that means. Yes. Um, and, and one that I wanted to focus on a little bit today was even with the now. Mm. Um, oh yes. You're <laughs> so, talking my language. Yeah, yeah. So you know, if these days, if you're talking about the now, I think a lot of people would would sort of recognize that as um, you know, Eckhart Tolle kind of popularized that teaching, mm-hmm. didn't he, with his power mm-hmm. of now. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you know, I think in essence, basically, what what he's saying, if I if I got this right, is you know, stop stop worrying about the future, you know, um, detach from those, any regrets about the past, and live in the present, because mm. he believes that's where you can truly mm. live. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about this and and um, you know the power, well, not power now, but the now and what that really yeah. means, because that's a really you know, we could talk about meditation enlightenment as well, but the now, I think, is just because he, especially because he popularized that so much, and I think it's a good example of not really um, getting to the essence of what that means for people, mm. um, and that if people were really to get to the essence of what that means, that that would be something really be amazing. Yeah, and it comes quite a bit in the in the twelve blessings. I mean, our mm. show is focused on the nine freedoms, mm. but you could say a sister work mm. by the Master Jesus, the the twelve blessings uses that phrase a lot, the now. Yeah. Uh, in the now and by now. And, um, you know, blessed are whoever in the now and by now. And to me, uh, I know Dr. King's given a, a brilliant explanation of that. It's not for me to, you know, add my two penny worth. So I'll add, uh, uh, well, I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to stop you. <laughs> but I still will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can take it or leave it. Yeah. But I also think there's a meaning there, which is in the now, which is a sacred thing, which we'll talk about. To mm. me, the now is the divine presence. Mm. It's that big. And if people don't know that, you know, whatever words they use, then they don't know what it is. Mm. Uh, And so when the Master Jesus says, in the now and by now, blessed is so-and-so, in the now and by now, so he's blessing 
them in the now, in that divine presence, and by the mm. divine presence, yeah. as, a, as, a, as a thing, if you like. Yeah. So when you begin to really think about it, it just inspires you more and more awe, mm. doesn't it? I think yes. that's it. Yeah. But I thought, we could, I thought we could start with, um, you know, is there any value in the approach that we're talking about in the more mainstream conception here? I mean, what, you know, it seems like people have benefited from this to some extent um, in terms of, you know, being able to live a more emotionally balanced life, being able to detach from um, regrets or worries about the future. And, and, you know, people like Jim Carrey, I think at least to some extent credit, you know, the teachings of Eckhart Tolle for his own spiritual awakening in 2009. So mm. there seems to be some benefit from that. Oh, I mean, yeah. But would you? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Mm. I mean, I, I don't want to particularly do a critique of Eckhart Tolle. I'm, I'm certainly no expert. Right, right, I have right. met him once mm -hmm. and I, I wouldn't comment on that. But what I'd say is what you've just said, that it can help people, just mm. like these dumbed-down versions of meditation. We call them dumbed-down because they're so far removed from, say, samadhi. Right. But they can help people. They're even being used in the National Health Service. And it no longer means entering a, a deep state of consciousness um, in which you're virtually... In, well, you are in trance, actually, mm. but it's a positive, controlled, induced trance. Mm. It doesn't mean that now. That's the last thing they would want you to be doing in the NHS. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. it's, I think it's, uh, it's relaxing the mind. It's mm. mindfulness, as they mm. now often call it. Mm. It's, um, you know, coping. It's a coping mechanism. Mm. And I think a lot of these um, sort of mind, body, spirit, new age... Um, systems, approaches, whatever you call them, come about from pain, from people suffering and providing a solution to those suffering. I, th I think I'm right in saying, just getting back to Eckhart Tolle for a moment, that he himself was a quite troubled in one way or another before he found this. Mm -hmm. And that seems to be a common thing. And then it's like a solution to a problem. Mm. Um, and, and, and it could help people. And it, it then clearly helped some of the teachers, mm -hmm. so they say, and I've got no reason to disbelieve it. And it can help a lot of people. I mean, uh, transcendental meditation, I understand, I haven't looked into it, has helped a lot of people get off drugs. Mm. And if so, that's great. Right. So it's not about they're bad or that they shouldn't be done. It's about the danger of losing the meaning. And I can see yeah. why okay, it is yeah. mm. that some of the great masters use silence. I mean, the Tao Te Ching, as delivered or taught by Lao Tse, um, right from the beginning, it's, I think, I, I wish I could recall the exact words, but it's like the... Um, something along the lines that the, 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 the way cannot be spoken. It's not quite mm. that... The way that is true cannot be spoken, or something mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. that. In other words, you can't write it down. You can't put it into words. Actually, even in the 12 blessings, coming back to the 12 blessings, the Master Jesus, at the end of the ninth blessing, again, I'm doing this from memory, yeah. but he talks about a satisfaction. Let's have a look. I think I made a note earlier. I didn't know what you were going to ask me. <laughs> he talked about a satisfaction beyond words mm -hmm. that you can achieve by acting in the way he's advising. And he talks about a state uh, greater than peace, mm -hmm. which is very, very interesting too. Something um, more than peace, I think he says. Um, and so, you know, you take someone who I don't believe myself was an avatar. I know his followers may well believe that, but he, he, he's not. He passed on, I think, in around 1950, uh, Ramana Maharshi. 
oh, yeah. who I actually believe is someone who did attain samadhi. That's uh -huh. my belief about it. And I'm always delighted to find people. There's another one I, I found, I think it's called Swami Narayananda, oh, yeah. who I actually believe did find samadhi, who's a terrestrial person, not an avatar. Mm. And it's very encouraging totally. to find people like that. Totally, yeah. uh, but he used silence a lot. He would very often just not speak. And I think he went for years without speaking at all. Mm -hmm. um, and then later he, he did speak and he did answer questions, but he'd still, with certain questions, use silence. I mean, there's the famous uh, quote that the, that the master, uh, Dr. George King, gives about the Lord Buddha. Oh, yeah. And, you know, when it comes to meditation, I don't think you can go beyond the Lord Buddha you know, on that topic. <laughs> yeah. And he's on earth now, mm. on Shambhala now. Um, and he, he basically said, was according to this um, story, he was asked, I think, three times. Actually, you know the story probably better than me. Do you want to tell it or do you want me to tell it? Well, I think it was... I think, I think it was you the, put it on the website. That, that's you? right, yeah. yeah it was... To, uh, I think it was a student of the of the Lord Buddha was you know sitting at his feet as a as a disciple, um, and he asked him, uh, "My Lord, what is reality?" And the Lord Buddha didn't answer. And then he asked him again, "My Lord, what is reality?" And again, the Lord Buddha didn't answer. And then at this point, the disciple was getting quite agitated. "My Lord, I've asked you twice, what is reality?" And um, the Lord Buddha says, "I've answered you twice." Mm. Mm. Yes, exactly. And, and that's because, you know, the, the words couldn't do it. And it's the same with the now. It, you can't really describe it in words, um, I believe. Um, and that's, you know, my experience, which is limited, but it's definite. That you can't really put it into words. You can talk about it, but you can't really describe it. It, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I, th I think that's, that's a great point about, you know... We, we try to encapsulate these things in words, but, mm. you know, it's... it's, it's you a, have to experience it. Yes, yeah. And you can. Mm. Everybody can. Um, what we can know, though, is that time is measured in the motion of planetary bodies, isn't it? And we also know that um, time is also measured in mind. So let's first of all dealing with the planetary bodies, you know, the day, the year, yeah. the minutes, yeah. all that derives from the, the motion of various planetary bodies and the turning of the Earth, spinning of the Earth, and so on. That's how we get our clock. That's how we measure this kind of time. Mm. And then you've got the mind. So we all know that an hour can take forever or it can go in a flash, depending on your mind state at the time. Mm. So it's not... Uh, uh, that measurement is limited to mind. Now, in this is a very important thing. In, in the fifth freedom, I keep coming back to yeah. the fifth freedom because it's such a brilliant encapsulation of the things you need to look for when you're really advancing towards the higher states, which would include entering the now. One of the hallmarks you enter is a state of timelessness. Oh, yeah. Another of the hallmarks you, you enter is a state unbounded by mind. Mm. And not just the conscious mind, mind. And that's because you are in the highest states possible. And I've only touched on this, I have, I've only, my experiences are like one degree of infinity. <laughs> 
because it's an infinite state. <laughs> yeah. I do realise why, by the way, they used to depict Sahasrara, I think it is, the crown centre, oh, yeah. right. as yeah. being the thousand-petaled lotus. Mm -hmm. It's because, I've discovered, a thousand actually is taken to represent infinity. It oh, could really? be. It's not literally those That's what petals. I have discovered. You can take that as again or leave it. That's just coming from me. Mm. It's. Um, I don't believe at that point numbers even matter. Wow. It's like it's also multicolored, but it's a golden wow. sun. Wow. Mm. But that center uh, is where the divine spark dwells. You know, the master Etherius, the master of Dr. George King. The master who started everything going with the Ethereum Society, the master who I believe uh, would have arranged who delivered uh, which set of teachings. I mean, it would, well, I don't know this at all, but it wouldn't surprise me if he didn't invite Mars Sector 6 to deliver the Nine Freedoms mm -hmm. at all. In spiritualism, they used to have a phrase called the gatekeeper. Oh, yeah, okay. And so a medium would have a particular guide yeah. who managed their seances. We aren't into seances, we're into sciences. <laughs> so we've moved way beyond that, and it would be an absolute, uh, you know, almost demeaning to call the master theorist the gatekeeper. Mm. But if there was such a thing on a, a, like a cosmic angelic level yeah. for the master, it would, in my view, be the master theorist. Um, he was the one who arranged his and appointed him virtually and commanded him to become the channel. Yeah. And so he is very much behind it. Now, he gives this practice, and it is relevant to the now, called the practice of the presence. Oh, yes. I think if one really realized the presence fully, one would be in the now. So... And that, sorry, just to finish mm. my flow here, is when the energies are taken up symbolically mm -hmm. to that which represents the divine spark. So yeah. when you're moving yeah. towards the crown center, and I know this is a very advanced, but it's, I think advanced teachings are wonderful, whether we can attain them or not. And I, for one, have a very, 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 very <laughs> long way to go with a few more varies thrown in. <laughs> um, then one really can start to move into that state where the now is which you could call the presence as well, mm, I believe. Yeah, yeah. With a C-E. Yes. Although it could be... <laughs> yeah, well. it could be that um, way, yeah. We could do something with that presence, presence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but the, 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 what's happening then is you've moved beyond mind. So you, you, you aren't... Time is no longer measured either in motion of bodies because you're completely still. You aren't even limited to your body at that point anyway. You're not even limited to space, mm. so therefore your time can't be measured in space. Mm. Yeah. And you've moved, you're unbounded by mind, and you have, and I'm going to read here from the fifth freedom, so I want to get it exactly right. You are, uh, let, let me just read this little section, which is all relevant to this. Uh, the spark of God resides in man untouched until man takes this cosmic step. That's cosmic consciousness. Mm -hmm. Even then, he touches not this flame. The flame is the, the inner flame, the all-knowing flame. It's wonderful. I mean, this section is so beautiful, but here's just one of it. A flame which is not mind and yet is all-knowing. Mm. Uh, so he touches not this flame, but liveth with all feeling 
through its brilliant radiations, light which passeth mere foolish verbose description and yet is passive. So you have all these paradoxes in here totally. about this flame. It, it's all feeling and yet it's passive. That seems to be contradictory. Mm. Uh, but it does come to, I think, one of the traps that yogis, some yogis fell into, and there's a, there's a little statement, um, or I say little is short, but it's enormous, in the sixth freedom, where Mars Sector 6 talks about the power being still warm in these places. He's talking about the chakras in certain people that are regarded as masters. And that's because they... I, one of the reasons that could be, I think, is because they've identified the blissful state that, you, that will come, must come, with the goal. I see. It's not the goal. Mm. It's not the goal. Uh, and so it's feeling, but it's passive. So you, reach, you can reach a state, I can absolutely be sure of this, where you are no longer in, in a blissful state because a blissful state is a, a feeling of mind and a feeling of sensation, and you've moved beyond that. And yet, despite that fact that you're not registering it through the senses or the thoughts, mm. it, has a, it is blissful. That could be the, the, what the Master Jesus is referring to, something greater. Oh, yes. It's certainly a satisfaction beyond all words. You can't put it into words, as we mm. said earlier. Mm. And it's something even greater than peace. I think that's, you know, there's, there's a just beautiful thoughts to even just contemplate on, isn't it? Because well, you started it. Yeah, I mean, I know. You brought up the now. <laughs> because and, you know, it does, yeah. and I'm gonna, I, I'll stop in a minute, but yeah. it does, and I'm not going to name anyone, but it does absolutely demonstrate mm. that some of the people who talk about the now don't really know what it is. But what they do know, and what they call the now, could still be beneficial. We've got to be balanced about it, but it isn't yeah. the now. Yeah, I think, you know, this illustrates the point of what we lose when we try to not just put something into word, but then also don't really, when we lose the meaning of even the word that we have remaining. Mm. I mean, um, because at least we've described, you know, at least we've described here today, you can get some appreciation of what, you know, is meant in this profound sense of the now. Yeah. Even though, obviously, I've not experienced the now myself, I can still begin to get a sense of what you mean from, from your... I've only had one degree of <laughs> Okay, but even so, you know, um, and what must be meant in, in the actual teaching of the Nine Freedoms. But, um, you know, as you say, I, I agree, there, there, is, there is still some value in the, in the help that people can get, which serves as a stepping stone in yeah. their own evolution and development. Absolutely. And, and, and has, you know, um, I've benefited from these things too. So, um, well, there's one other angle that I thought was interesting, which is... Um, you know, when people talk about detaching from the future and the past, do you think that there's some there's something being lost there? You know, or the sort of that's a that's a, a fascinating and enormous question. <laughs> by the way, before we go there, okay. if I can just yeah. come back to a quote we've made before on yeah. the show by Michelangelo. Oh yeah. You know, and again, I might have the word slightly wrong. It's along these lines. My greatest fear is not that we aim too high. Mm. and we miss it, but that we aim too low and we reach it. Totally. And That's this the whole is what we are today. talking about That's with the these spirit. lower definitions of meditation and so on. Yeah. yeah, we can reach that. And then we think that's it. Exactly. That's the danger. If it's yeah. fine for a teacher to give these things yeah. as a helpful mechanism. Yeah. He's using a word. It might be used differently by Dr. King or elsewhere, mm -hmm. but it's still helpful. But if he says that's it, yeah. you've got there, 
he is actually stunting people's growth, mm. their spiritual growth, and that is wrong. Yeah, that's that's, wrong. that's not a good thing at all. Yeah, it no. even it even limits our, our our understanding of what our potential is, isn't it? And yeah. if, we, if we if we if so we, that's the danger with it. Yeah. That's when it becomes no longer okay and helpful. That's when it becomes wrong. Mm. Everybody brings their benchmark down totally. and they don't think... And that's one of the big problems on Earth. People don't mm. think they can do it. Mm. People don't think they can enter samadhi. They don't think they can heal some people they didn't used to think. Yeah. They don't think they can be psychic. They don't think they can make a difference. They don't think they can change the world. And as soon as... I mean, I know I've come across healers in TV studios who didn't think you could do anything about a war. And, you know, if, once you start limiting yourself and others you are actually doing... It's bad. It's wrong. Mm. Yeah. Totally. From yep. a karmic point of view. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So um, maybe we can just finish with this point then, which is about, you know... is, the, is I there, think you asked me another question, yeah. and, I, well, and I got off it. So. Yeah, which is just that, you know, is there any role for regret and anxiety in our life at all? Because that's, yeah, that's okay. kind of what he's inviting You talked to. about detachment. Yeah. And... The, the big question is, um, it, yeah, detachment is a, is a wonderful tool, but we do come back to our key word, seventh freedom, uh, transmutation. Yes. Yeah. So it's necessary sometimes to detach, but in the end it has to be transmuted as well. Mm. So you can go through certain processes during which you detach, during those processes. I mean, let's take an example. You could... You could um, let's say you had a drink problem, and sadly a lot of people do. Mm. And so you isolated yourself from anywhere where alcoholic drink was, um, which may be necessary. I'm not. I'm not. No expert on treating alcoholism at all. Yeah. But so I'm not saying it's wrong. It might be necessary. But in the end, some point in this life or another one, you're going to have to be able to walk into a bar. And not drink. Yeah. And then you're transmuting it. Yeah. So, yes, you could... It, it's question really whether you're burying. You're saying, I'm detaching from the past, yeah. detaching from the future and living in the present. Are you burying it? Is the samskara still there? I mean, I can tell you, I was born in this life, and I can remember it in my teenage years, with a couple of... Sam, and I didn't know about reincarnation. Oh, yeah. That, I was about maybe 15, 16. A couple of thought patterns that I was, I, I was quite mystified by why I should be having them because I didn't relate to them at all. Mm. And now that I actually know about a particular past life, I can absolutely see why. I see. But I do remember being, what's, you know, why am I thinking that? Because that doesn't relate to me. And I, that's not a concern of mine. <laughs> yeah, okay. you know? But it was in this other... So mm. that's a samskara, as mm. they would call it in the mm. East. That's, uh, then you've buried a thought, you haven't yet transmuted it. And so that would be my concern with some of these teachings, is like, sometimes I just don't think about the past. I'm sure they do far more than this, by the way. Yeah, yeah. You don't think about it, just think of An element of force, an element of suppression, mm. um, could well help a person. I'm not a therapist, I'm not a counsellor. Uh, I don't know whether that, that it would be beneficial or necessary in, under certain conditions for a while, but in the end, though, they've got to be dealt with, mm. those thoughts. Yeah, and on that note, you can see why people um, don't relate to their gender. 
mm. and all sorts of things. There's a very good, valid reason for some of these thoughts and feelings that people have that, on the face of it, aren't appropriate to the situation they're in now. Because of reincarnation, you mean? Because of reincarnation and samskaras, or mm. thought patterns that mm. haven't been transmuted. I see, over yeah. the lives. Yeah. Through the lives. They yeah. may be buried or... Um, detached from at the time and not yet dealt with. That's the beauty of service. Mm. Service is a transmuter. And, you know, service is why great intelligences come out of samadhi or come out of an elevator. Even on Saturn yeah. and even on the sun, they'll go into these, let's say, on the sun, we're told galactic consciousness for 500,000 of our years, <laughs> but they'll go in there and they know why they're going in right. there. And then they'll come out with certain abilities they didn't have before, certain things they can then do that they yeah. couldn't do before, and they'll use them in service. And I've got to say, I absolutely have a lot of empathy and a lot of sympathy for people either now or certainly in the past who have been gurus and yogis and walking around feeling I've got to be constantly enlightened. And the reason they felt it isn't, I don't think, well, it could be a teaching or something that they've, they've been told, but also behind it is this thought, well, I've got, I'm, I, this is my salvation I'm focused on. So there's a, there's a, there's a selfishness behind mm. it, but I still have empathy for them. But if you suddenly realize, and I don't think you find this anywhere outside the Ethereum Society teachings in the way you do, even at the level of a planet, even at the level of a galaxy, there's this constant theme of gaining an elevated state and then coming down from it. Totally, yeah. But there's a reason in order to serve. So you have these some gurus in China or India in the past, wherever it might be, they might be a Zen teacher, they might be a whatever, going around thinking, I've got to be constantly enlightened, I've got... And, it's not very relaxing, <laughs> and not that we're here to relax. <laughs> sure, sure, but, sure. But, you know, I think there was an unnecessary uh, self-imposed stress, strangely. And mm. it may sound really odd to some people, but mm. I've thought about it, and I think if they had just thought, actually, I'm here to serve, mm. I'm coming down from that. I'm not in that state. I don't even need to be in that state. What I need to be able to do now is write a book or give a talk or work on a building or concentrate and and you know i'm lucky because i saw dr king at very close quarters and he was yeah. a master of mastery mm. he mastered being a master he absolutely switched it on and off like a tap and almost played with it come out of deep samadhi or come out of receiving a mental transmission and go into another mode very quickly mm. i think quicker than certain other Cosmic adepts that he was connected to. Wow. He was he he had he could do it. He did do it. Um, There's another cosmic adept he was connected to, for example, who he told me would take some while to you know, oh yes yeah to yeah. to reflect to meditate to whatever and mm -hmm. then and nothing wrong in that. But Dr. King, he he absolutely had it down. So I'm very lucky. I've seen the the, the sort of the. The blueprint. Totally. You know, the template. Yeah. And in a tiny way, it's something we can follow. But that also, uh, we've drifted a bit away from the now. But you don't, you know, you've got to be able, if you're able to, to enter the now and then 
finish that because you're going to serve, yes, and this is your keynote, the yeah. service word makes it all mm. make sense. And then think, now I'll check my watch. What's the time? <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love that. You know, because everything you've described there, I'm sort of vaguely aware of, but that's the real clarity, I think, of, you know, um, in the way that you've put it. I think, you know, it's funny also that you mentioned, um, you know, the alcoholism one as an example. I was watching it yesterday for some random reason, just a video on alcoholism, and it was this principle of transmutation that you described it well. well I didn't know you were watching it. Yeah, you know, I'm, yeah I'm sure you're not watching my YouTube. <laughs> okay. But so it's like... Um, you know, a lot of people were talking about the change that had to happen within themselves. Oh, absolutely. I've heard that too. Yeah. Yes. It yeah. wasn't that they were put in a retreat and they didn't have access to it or whatever. That wasn't really what made the difference. No. was that they wanted to change. I've heard that many changed. times. Yeah. 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 And, and, and slightly different but related to that, I've, you know, I've run, as you know, hundreds of mm. workshops over the years, especially in, in the former mm. time. You know, going back 10, 20 years, I'm doing mm. them all the time. And I have met... I would say at least dozens of people, it's slightly different this, but it's mm. kind of related, mm. who told me that their health condition, it was through a health condition that they found their purpose in life. And it might have been a severe one. It might have been a breakdown, mm. mental breakdown. It might have been quite a serious ailment. It stopped them in their tracks. Then they found their purpose. And although they might not have fully recovered from a physical ailment, even when they told me they are much happier much more fulfilled because true happiness comes from evolution. Mm. Well, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much. <laughs> Everybody's down here. Thanks for tuning into the show. Now, if you enjoyed that episode, don't forget to subscribe for more wisdom from the Nine Freedoms. If you'd like to find out more about the Nine Freedoms, about Mars Sector 6 by Dr. George King, go to our website, that's ethereus.org. Richard and I love hearing from you, receiving your comments, your questions, on your spiritual experiences, and talking about them on the show. So do write to us, share them with us at spiritualfreedom at richardlawrence.co.uk. Always remember that service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. See you next time.